With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening. According to my time, keep on right on time. Ain't that right, Jackie? Thank you all so much for joining us on this evening. Uh, we are here at our beloved church, Temple of Refuge, where we are about to break into our Bible study slash Sunday school lesson. Bottom line, the word of God. We'll open up with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Most heavenly and gracious Father, we thank you for an opportunity to come back into your house. We don't take it for granted. We give you all the glory and the power and the honor that is due your name. We ask that you will Bless us and open our eyes to what your word would have for each and every one of us, that we will walk away better sons and daughters, that we can be better servants one toward another in true representation of who you are and what you called us to be. In the glorious name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen and amen. Our lesson on tonight will be covering from the book of John, the second chapter, and we will cover verses 1 through 12. Amen. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. John 2, John chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Amen. And we we hear people talk about this all the time. You know, the first miracle of Jesus. We heard comedians make jokes about it. Well, you know, Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine, which is a true statement, but it wasn't. An inside track for us to become drunken stupors. <laughs> right? You know, people say, oh, well, nah, 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 nah. So, in our lesson on tonight, our aim for this lesson is that by the end of this lesson, we, as students of God, will understand that Jesus performed his first miracle and he meets an important hospitality need. Everybody say hospitality. That's really what this lesson is all about tonight. Hospitality. We'll find out there was a crisis that had developed and Jesus was there to provide a solution to a problem. He was ready to serve. How many times we see problems going around but we don't offer a solution. We just acknowledge that there's a problem, and everybody keeps saying, yeah, that is a problem. That's a problem. 
But somebody got to come up with an antidote, right? So tonight at the lesson, beginning at the first verse, it says, And the third day there was a marriage in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three perkins apiece. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots, and they fill them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now, bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and he knew not whence it was, but the servant which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doeth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples that they continued there not many days. And the outline for this particular passage was a wedding in Canaan. Now, this situation that we just talked about where Jesus turns this water into wine, a lot of people really are missing everything else that is going on that leads to that point. Because how many know it's more than just the wine? A lot of people want to focus on the wine, the wine, the wine. But there were three things going on in this passage. And the whole thing was about what? Hospitality. In the first five verses, we'll go back, and he said, and there on the, on the third day, there was a marriage in Canaan. 
the mother of Jesus was there, and you, when you know marriage is a good thing, it's a beautiful thing, it's a festival thing, and and there's wine, there's food, there's laughter, there's just a big fellowship, a communion, if you will, and people are coming together, and the wine had run out, and apparently. A couple of things were going on here. Either the people really did enjoy their wine or they had been partying a long time and ran out. But whatever the case was, the wine was gone. That's problem number one. Whenever we get ready to serve people, we must first identify what the problem is or what the need is. So the need in this case was there was a need to replenish the wine which was already gone. There are people that we come across that have needs all the time. What our job is to help assess and serve. We first assess that there's a problem, identify that there's a problem, and now that we know that there's a problem, do we keep harping on there's a problem? Somebody got to come up with a solution. Somebody got to get ready to serve. Somebody got to do something. And if you're not willing to do something, then guess what? You're part of the problem. Does that sound familiar? You know, I tell you all some time ago that I saw this piece of trash that was in the floor, and I watched for about an hour people walking back and forth over that trash like it was no big deal. And I know they saw it because I watched some of them look at the trash, and they kept right on walking. And I got upset. I got beside myself. How many people is it going to take before somebody acknowledges where they've acknowledged that there's trash there but until somebody pick it up? And God gave me one of them dumb-dumb moments. He said, dumb-dumb. Maybe it was for you to pick up. <laughs> Maybe you should be the one to address that particular situation. You all right, baby? So when we see a need, we need to be willing to find a solution to that need or we're just as worse as everyone walking right by. We can take this same scenario, same situation, and go into our daily routines on our jobs. We'll see a situation where maybe the people who are supposed to really be handling that not doing everything they quite need to be doing. And we like to watch people frolic and mess up, especially if they're a know-it-all individual. I ain't going to tell them nothing. I'm not going to do But if you have a solution to the need and you don't help address the need, aren't you just as guilty? Amen? This is more than just about some wine. Hospitality is always in order. 
because we have to always be willing to serve our brothers and sisters. And sometimes it's not in the glamour stages. It's not a beautiful thing. It's not even a comfortable thing. But it's got to get done. Take on the mentality, if I won't, who will? Part of the problem is everybody keeps waiting for the next person to do something or someone else to come along. When I've had conversations, when I know you're highly intelligent. You're highly intelligent, highly intelligent. But if we just have intellectual conversations among ourselves and we don't take it outside the four walls, are we really serving our community as we should? If we don't take time to dissect and break down God's word, are we not creating a disservice to our brothers and sisters? They said to reach one, you got to what? Teach one. But if we're not willing to, to teach anyone, we're sure not going to reach anyone. It's more than a hostile massacre. And feeling good and fuzzy on the inside, we got to have some substance. We got to have, you said, we got to come to the table, right? Y'all heard the expression, let us come and sit down at the table and talk. Well, ain't no good at sitting at the table if it ain't nothing to eat. Hello? When I sit at the table and it's dinner time, I want to eat. I don't want to talk about what we could have at the table. Let's bring something to the table. And if we're willing to bring something to the table, then it might not be a, a, a great big of anything, but at least it's enough for all of us to get a little bite. Bring something to the table. So there was this need. We need some wine. We, we don't have any wine. Now, notice that when there's a need, we get a little antsy. Mary's knowing that Jesus is special. She comes soon. Ain't no wine. Ain't no wine. Ain't no wine. And she went, wait a minute, baby. Wait a minute. Well, mama, wait a minute, mama. It ain't even my time yet. But he honored his mother. And then she quickly said, whatever he tell y'all to do, go ahead and do it. Now we've identified that there was a need. Now we got to start doing what? Meeting that need. And as we begin to see that Jesus took or told the men, the brethren, to take these water pots and fill them up with water. And they watched them fill it up with water. And when he filled it up with water, according to Scripture, it didn't say he did anything. didn't say that he said anything. He instructed them, now go and serve it. Think about that. A lot of people try to get so philosophical, so deep, when all it takes is obeying God's word. I don't have to know how everything works. I just got to know who it works through. Does that make sense? I'm not, I'm, I'm not that smart of an individual, but I'm smart enough to know to trust Jesus. I'm smart enough to know that God is the answer. 
I'm smart enough to know that if he tells me to do it, then I ought to do it. So now he presents this newfound wine, this this need being met. How many know that God meets our needs, even when it seems like we're lacking? (laughs) Oh, man, it's amazing how simple God's will is. He said, if you love me, Peter, be my sheep. I don't want you to go out there trying to be the next baddest thing out there. Just do it. Just feed my sheep. It's the simplicity of Christ that has caused man to stumble. And because it's so simple, we're looking for something bigger. We're looking for something greater. We're looking for that aha moment when it's right there before us all the time. God is so mighty, he's so powerful, that it's so simple that we miss it most of the time. He presents it to the governor, and the governor, before the, well, not the governor, but the host tastes, he said, oh, wait a minute, where was this at? I know he was out of it. I know he was out of it. So, Sadbury, I made a dish yesterday. Had some chicken wings. I put them in the crock pot. Onions, bell peppers, red peppers, and chopped it all up and put it in that crock pot. Love my crock pot. Can't burn up nothing with a crock pot, not in most cases. All you got to do is add a little water. And I said, you know what go good with that? Some rice. So I took my rice, and I said, you know, I'm going to be lazy. I ain't going to boil the rice today. I'm just going to put it in the crock pot. And... I did all right. I got my cup of rice, and I poured it in the crock pot. You know what I said? You know what? It didn't look like enough. I got another cup. I poured it in the crock pot. I go away, and I come back, and all my water gone, because the rice sucked it all up. I put too much rice in. Now I got rice balls (laughs) mixed in with this chicken and these vegetables. And I looked at it, Jackie, and I said, man, messed up, but I already spent my money. So I take a little scoop and taste it. I say, well, good season. <laughs> but the rice don't look like rice. But I knew what I had in it. <laughs> so I ate it anyhow. And I've been the only one eating it. <laughs> I gave little Mike some to taste, and I, I guess it wasn't to his palate. 
So did you eat? He said, yeah, but I wasn't at home. I said, oh, Lord. I said, yeah. <laughs> hey, baby, how you doing? I said, I said, I guess I'm going to have to long suffer and do this. But it was still everything that I put in there. But between the beginning and where I, where I ended up, it was changed. But it tastes good. This water pot was changed. I know what I put in there, but when it got to where I was ready to present it, it tastes nothing like the other stuff I had. God will take your mess and turn it into a message if you let him. Moses just came in, we're at John 2, verses 1 through 12, and we're talking about the, the miracles or the first miracle that Jesus created by turning the water into wine, but and a lot of people get, get side-twisted that it was about Jesus and his wine, Jesus and the wine, Jesus and the wine, but it was about hospitality. How many of us would admit on this evening that you've blown an opportunity to be hospitable towards someone, especially someone that may have rubbed you the wrong way. John 2, not John Q, John 2, verses 1 through 12. Amen. So now we understand that these opportunities that come before us might not always be at a festive event such as this wedding. Say, for instance, you got somebody that's been giving you a little beef, and you got something that you know they could benefit from that they need, not what they want, but what they need. Do you look past the beef that you had and serve them? Or do you let your personal feelings interfere? Huh? You've got to get past the beef, but in reality, are we doing that? As And I'm not even talking about the world. I'm talking about as saints of God. How many would admit that every now and then you can still hold a grudge? Amen. That means there's work to be done, right? See, we got to understand this word ain't for the world because the world don't want to accept the word. But we've chosen to accept the word. So the word is here to correct who? Those that walk in the word. How can I effectively serve God when I'm walking around with grudges? I don't speak to Jada. I can't stand Jada. But yet I am claiming my salvation. I am professing that the Lord is my Savior, but I don't speak to one that I see. Jesus even challenged us, how can you say you love me, whom you've never seen? But then the one you see daily, you got a problem with. You got beef with. How can I be hospitable to someone I've never seen? But yet I can't treat the one that I see every day 
with love and kindness. So we got to be able to meet that need with what? Love. Service is not service until you render it with love. Everything you do shouldn't be about getting paid. Yes, it is important that you get paid. Yes, it's important that you make your money, that you can pay your bill, that you can eat, keep your light on. All that is important. But don't prostitute yourself behind money. Amen? Jesus. My wife fixing my collar. Bless her heart. Jesus. Assess the problem. Now he's meeting a need. Let's take this and bring it home. Imagine that you're standing outside your front door. And while you're looking outside your front door, how many problems do you see? How many problems do you see that you could have a direct impact on? How many problems that you see that you could have a direct impact on and you still hadn't done anything? How can we effectively represent God when we are standoffish? How can we win others to Christ when we don't show ourselves friendly? How can we build God's kingdom if we're not willing to work with the tools we already have? How can we get better when we always stand bitter? We don't trust. We don't want to get involved. But Jesus even said, look, this ain't my time. But he honored his mom. And so when they taste this wine, they said, man, this is better than what we had before. Usually you wait the folks get drunk, because by the time they're drunk, it don't matter what you give them, because they're going to keep on drinking. But it, this one was a quality. That's another thing we need to remember, that when we're rendering service unto God, we need to think about quality, not necessarily quantity, but quality. Just because you got a lot of it don't mean it's good. Hello? You got to make sure that what you give is your very best. That way, if you fall short, you know you did all you had. I used to have my coach give us a measurement. That after a game, if you really gave everything you had in that particular game that day, at the end of that game, you shouldn't be even want to go to a party. Because I've exhausted myself putting it in the line, on the front line for my team, that I need to go and rest my body now. And he said, by the time you're done playing, your athletic career, because at some point, 
Everybody comes to the end of that line. Will you be able to look yourself in the mirror and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you did the best you could with what you had? He said, that's how you know you won. I don't worry about winning or losing. I worry about did I do the very best I could. That's why I said I might not be the best, but when I do my best, God is pleased. And when we present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, and when I lay down at night, if he decides to call me home, I know I left nothing unturned. Don't cheat yourself in God. Jesus said, since I'm here, I might as well give him my best. Since we're here, we may as well give God our best. If our church would never, ever grow again, which I doubt, we should be able to give our best at every time. You should be the best artist and poet you could ever be. You should be the best poet you could ever be. You should be the best musician you could ever be. You should be the best drummer, athlete that you should be, and you just keep on being church mom. You be the very best that you can be. And whatever you touch turns to gold, or in this case, turns to wine. Because it's about being hospitable. How much does it cost to smile? How much does it cost to wave? I told you all the story when I first came to Texas. I, I was hungry. And waving at me every day, sitting on his porch. I got frustrated. I said, hey, man, do you know me? He's like, no, sir. So why do you keep waving at me? I was just saying, hi, I don't know you. Don't speak to me. Are we clear? I'm sorry, brother. I didn't mean no problem. Now here I am. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? I walk up to total strangers and just start talking to them. Jane and I were at the store the other day. I'm holding up. I'm talking to folks all in the house. But when you show yourself friendly and you meet and greet people with the love of God, you can't help but to win souls. You can't help but to turn water into wine. Because that same person with your smile, that same person becomes infected by your smile. Hello? And because of what you poured in them, hear me, what you poured in them, they walked away feeling better about themselves and their situation. Because you took a moment to be hospitable. You took a moment to break some things down. Hey, how you doing? You doing all right? I'm doing fine. You'd be amazed at how far that can go. The third thing is that when it was all done and over with, after you've rendered your service or after you've 
met the need. You assessed the problem. You met the need, and everything came to be out all right. It was better than what we thought it would be. Then the only one who should get the glory is Jesus. Woo, man, that prince is bad. Did you see how Prince did such and such and, and how Jackie did such and such? Man, and you know Irma, she tough, but God should be the one to get all the glory. Because whatever we got came from who? God. Whatever we do should be done for who? God. So for God I live, God I'll die. I must be willing to lay it all out, to stretch myself out. Anybody ever seen uh, uh, um, what those uh, a balloon? And you ever just you know I was I did some 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 stuff, some silly stuff as a kid. Have you ever just blown up a balloon just to see how big it can get before it pops? And you just keep going. And you just keep, you keep stretching it and stretching it and stretching it, and that thing get pretty big or bigger than what you gave it credit for. What am I trying to say? How far have you stretched yourself for God? You got more in you than what you've been giving yourself credit for. But you feel a little pressure, and you just stiffen up. You get a little tight and you slow down. But God built his saints to stretch. But the question is, are we willing to be stretched? Are we willing to go that extra mile? We all get tired. We all be worn down. But can you push yourself yet a little while longer? Can you go one more step? I found out that one step will lead me to the next step. The next step will lead me to the next. When I look up, I finally got my goal. Jackie, you remember I told you when I discovered it was time for me to graduate from my undergraduate zone? One point, Jada, I just stopped counting my classes. I just started I knew what I needed to take. Back then, they had the catalogs. They give you a catalog, and unless your curriculum changed, that was your catalog from freshman year to senior year. <laughs> and you go and highlight what you needed. Wasn't no flash drives and all that. There was some floppy disks, but you couldn't hardly hold much on those floppy disks. And so you, 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 you just, I just started chipping away. Still talking about turning this water into wine. And while I'm chipping away, I take three classes here, three hours here, nine hours there, three in the first summer session, three in the second summer session. And, and I came in, and I, and I never forget it, Jada. I'm filling out. I was going to take my little three hours. And they said, Prince, when are you going to apply for graduation? I said, how many hours do I need to graduate? He said, three hours. And I guess I'm going to plot in. 
What am I trying to say? When you're busy staying on the grind and you're stretching yourself out, you don't look how far the goal is. You just know you got to go. Amen? You worried about, man, when am I going to get there? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Then you're going to make it longer than what it seems like it is. That's why he said, I occupy till I come. You keep worrying about what you don't have, what what you got until your change comes. Don't spend your efforts and energy on negativity. Man, I would come, but I ain't got nothing to wear. You got something to wear. Put it on and come on. I would love to help you, but I ain't got much. Give what you got. Let me help somebody real quickly, whether they're listening or, or in future reference. What You might not have a lot of money, but you can still give tithes to your talents. Don't let people devalue you because you don't have monetary substance. Because there's a time and a season for everything. There's a time and a season for everything. If I'm dry in one area, God will keep me wet in another area. It's called balance. You don't let people devalue you. You go, oh man, you you know that you know you got some freedom. Well, I need all my folks with the hundred dollar offers over here. I need my other folks with fifty dollar offers over here, and those will tell everybody else stand up. How can you separate God's people? Well, you need to just do your best. I didn't put a cover charge. I didn't know there was a cover charge to come to church. I didn't know there was a cover charge to be a member. But understand that when Jesus is getting the glory, we're all equal. I cannot draw, not to your abilities. Doesn't mean that you're better than me. You just happen to be a better artist than I am. I'm not an artist. Does that make you more valuable than me? You're an excellent writer, Jackie. I scribble, but you write. Because I scribble and you write, are your words more prevalent than mine? We get in where we fit in. Michael, I love music, but I can't play music. I can't read music. But I can appreciate the music through you. So we have to learn how to get in where we fit in. We have to learn that just because my pot is full of plain water don't mean it don't have no taste. There's flavor in your drink. Hello? Because what is Kool-Aid? Sugar water and food color. And we sop it up. Man, that was good. Don't have no red Kool-Aid. Now you get behind that red. So understanding that my value is greater in the eyes of God than in the eyes of man. That's what I offer. And at all times, I must offer my best. I can't just be content on getting by. How do you admit that you spend a lot of time just getting by? You do just enough to get by. 
You won't push yourself. What are you afraid of? Success? Because if you're doing just enough to get by, you all know the difference between a maverick and a horse. Anybody. They're like, what's the difference? A horse has been tamed. A maverick roams free. Huh? Stallion, maverick, mustang, whatever you want to call them, identify. But they're free, and they and they just go wherever the wind takes them. They don't want to be mediocre. They don't want to be just getting by. They love the freedom that they have. They love the, 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 the brisk of the air blowing through their face. And then you got some who could be that very same Mustang, Maverick, but they would rather just stay with the pack. Are you ready to challenge yourself? Are you ready to turn your water into wine? Because everything you need to turn your water into wine is already in you. Jesus didn't add anything to that pot. He just told him to fill it up and go serve it. It was already in them. Everything that you desire in life that God placed in you is already in you to go to be whatever you can think in your mind. But you got to turn your water into wine. You got to be the one to say that it starts with me. You got to be the one to say that it's going to end with me. If you want to start a new cycle in your family's degree and pedigree, it starts with you. I was the first one to go to college, first one to graduate college. When I graduated from Prairie View, my brother said, man, you didn't put pressure on me. That mean, I got to graduate now because he said I was just messing around, going to parties, having a good time. He said, now I got to graduate because they're going to be looking at me like I'm crazy. Because you set the expectation, you raised the bar. And when you realize it's bigger than your mediocrity, but are you willing to stretch as that balloon is? Are you willing to put in the extra time that it's going to take for you to be the best you that you can be? Don't be good at being average. Average folk get left behind. Average folk are forgotten about. Am I making any sense? What's the common denominator of being great over being good? Confidence in your creator. People are content on being good. Ooh, you're good, Jada. Thank you very much, and I appreciate that, but I'm striving for greatness. Because I'm striving for greatness, that means I got to put in a little extra time. When I played ball, when everybody else was gone home, I was still out there in the night, in the midnight. She'll testify to it out there. Everybody's gone. But then when it came game time, guess what? I was flawless. I was executing because why? I put in the time, and so therefore because I put in the time, I expected what? Greatness. 
When you put in the time, you turn you change your water to wine because you put it in. All God did was was told what Jesus told him, put it in the pot. You the pot. All the gifts and talents that God had given to you is your content, the water. Now, in order for it to turn the wine, you got to pour it back out of folks, back into folks. When folk leave you, especially for the first time, they need to have an experience that connects you back to God. I don't know what it is about that individual, but, man, I like being around that person. They make my spirit man jump alive. I feel encouraged. Has anybody ever told you, you're encouraging every time I talk to you? It's just good to be in your company. Do you have people like that in your life? that you can't wait to get in their presence because you know there's going to be some positive energy that's going to flow off from them to me. And even though my situation may seem destitute and way out of hand, but it's something about being around that person that makes me feel like everything's going to be all right. Turn your water into wine. Y'all quiet at me. Y'all ain't got nothing to say. Just listen. It is good to listen, but now I'm about to listen to y'all, and I need you to let me know how can you turn your water into wine? What is it that, 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 what do you perceive your wine to be? What is the greatest thing you desire out of life, and what can you do to turn your water into wine? Who's going to go first? Raise your hand, I'll come to you. Not everybody at the same time, either. Anybody? We have one taker. Do I have to start drafting? Yeah, okay, Javin got her hand up. Hold on, wait a minute. Go ahead. Don't do it just to get by. But what? Don't do what just to get by? Like if God gives you a gift and you want to be lazy and you just want to be seen, then what's the point of doing it? Okay, then so then how can you take that advice for you personally? What can you do that you're just doing to, to turn from good to great? Push myself, don't worry about other people. Push yourself in what area? See, I will see, don't get broad, get specific. He said, you have not because you ask not. Here's your opportunity to identify, remember, you see the need. Okay, now we're going to meet the need, and then we're going to give God the glory. Right? So what is it that you see that you need that you want God to meet that he can get the glory? Nothing specific for me. I mean, just. So you got it like that. I really don't know. You really don't know? Okay. Thank you, baby. Next. She say she goes, okay. <laughs> um, my walk with God and um, just, I guess, the my family around me, I'm trying to get them to walk with God, too. So I guess what I could do, not I guess, but I know what I could do to improve my walk with God is to, to seek instead of just looking and you because God says seek, and there's a difference between seeking and looking. When you're seeking, you're going out, you making action, you trying to, you know, you're putting in the work to find something rather than just sitting in one spot turning your head. So I think that's what I'm going to do. If, 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 if I told you, I said, Jada, I have a million dollars promised, tax-free money that's yours, and all I need you to do is seek it, within a 10-foot circle. Just seek it. 
And you look to the left, you don't see anything. You look to the right, you don't see anything. You look behind you, you don't see anything. You look in front of you, you don't see it. You look up, you don't see anything. You look down, you don't see it. But I guaranteed you that there is 10 feet of radius around you that has a million dollars tax-free with your name on it. What are you going to do? So then what would you do? I got to start digging. Yeah, I got to start going around. Uh, uh, it could be I got to start. If I ain't never counted off 10 paces in my life, I'm going to put an X where I'm standing, and I'm going to go 10 feet all the way around me, and I'm going to ask somebody to let me borrow a shell. If not, I'm going to use these fingers. And I'm going to start digging because I know that whenever I get through all the dirt, the grind, and the perspiration, it's going to be worth it. Why? Because I got a million dollars tax-free. That's the difference between seeking and looking. What you got, Anna Me, me sometimes I'm my own, uh, I'm my worst enemy. I just have to move out of my way, my own way, into, you know, what I know I need to do. Like, I, I know now it's time for me to pursue my master's, and I just got to move out my own way and, and do it. Sometimes I kill myself because sometimes I sit and say, but we can't afford it. We got this going on. We got that going on. It's like I talk myself out of things, but I, I got to stop doing that. So you your own dream killer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what you going to do about it? Why she didn't sign up for some classes in the morning? What you going to do about it? No, it's, just, it's, it's time for me to find a school where I want to go and, 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 and do what I need to do. Okay. So we've been warned. Right. Jackie? Uh, for me, what hit home was when you said that we do a disservice to people when we don't have that ability to discern our, our work for ourselves. And it was funny because, like, this morning, just going over my notes and studying, and that was the main thing that God kept telling me throughout that whole time studying was, yeah, you can tell people what it says, but can you tell them what it means? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not good enough to just know the scripture. You need to know what it means. You need to have and understanding. Otherwise, you're doing, you can't teach anybody, you can't lead anybody. So that, um, but even in that, being humble and um, being patient and taking that time to understand things. And for me, um, I would say my thing is I don't know, like being slowful in knowing, like, okay, I know what God's getting me to do. I know what I have to do. But it's like I'll start getting discouraged when it's like things are not lining up or I'm sitting like, okay, I got all the parts. I don't know how to put them together. You know, I'm still waiting how to put them together. And after a while, it's like, okay, well, this ain't going to happen. And literally just Fade away. Fade away. So then, from what I gathered, you got to stop memorizing scripture and start understanding scripture. So a lot of people can quote scripture. They be like, ah, da, 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 da. 
But 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 are you understanding what you're quoting? Because when I understand, then I'm not I'm not defeated on every obstacle I see. Okay, I got a new obstacle today. Understanding the scripture, how am I supposed to approach this? How do I deal with this? So in all thy getting, get what? And understand. Get what? Understand. One more time. And understand. Oh, okay. Let, is Philip feeling sick or something? Okay, well, you're going to better talk about it real quick. And you ain't that Come on, man. Applying myself harder. What? Applying myself harder. As in what? Ooh, and athletic. And praising God. In that order? The other way around. The other way around. So you so sick right now. You got your, your stomach upset? Oh, poor baby. Michael? Well, for me personally, um, definitely my, um, like getting into the world more and improving my walk with Christ and work, uh, working on, how can I say this, with the gifts that God gave me, utilizing them more and working on making them better. Working on making them better. Do you realize if you really look at how awesome God is, Every gift that he has given us can create some sort of income if we really push it and maximize it. Every gift, God gave you every gift so you don't go hungry. Think about that. Every gift he's given you was designed so you don't go hungry. Come on here, church mama. <laughs> Uh, for me, I think we were talking about rendering service to other people. It's to stop second-guessing myself when someone actually does reach out to me. And I think you said it earlier about proceeding with confidence and giving to that person what they need at that particular moment so that they in turn can give it back to God. So that, it, when, when we have... The enemy. Who remembers you better than you? Satan. Who reminds you of stuff that you didn't forget about? Satan. Who tells you? Don't nobody want to hear that. Satan. Who reminds you of your family's pedigree? Satan. Why do you think Satan is doing that? To discourage you and to try and get you back. If you know you didn't got away, and it said who the son set free is free indeed, and all they're going to try to do is remind you of everything that has you bound before. Don't nobody want you. Don't nobody trust you. Don't nobody want to hear you. So why you keep showing up? Why you keep doing whatever it is you're doing? Remember what type of leaders we have. We have two type of contagious leaders, right? A negative and a positive. 
surround yourself around positive, contagious people. We thank God for our lesson on tonight. Thank God for those who have listened. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you for who you are and how you are. We ask you to continue to meet us, greet us, bless us on our going out and our coming in. In the most precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we said thank you, Lord, amen, and good night.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.